Raffaday, and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It is Friday, November 10th, 3.05 p.m. here at the Harvest Family Radio Studios. Broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, KHMG, 88.1 FM. Glad to have you with us today. Some are listening on the radio in their car or on a little radio at their desk or at home. Half a day to you. Those listening online, thank you for tuning in to khmg.org and listening to the live stream of this program and our radio station in general. Some might be listening to the podcast after the fact. You know, you can download the podcast of this show and many other great programs through khmg.org. That's khmg.org. And you can download this podcast. As a matter of fact, we will have this one available just a few hours after we're done producing it. Also, if you ever miss the show, you can tune in on Saturdays from noon to 2 or Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on the rebound when we rebroadcast this show in its entirety for your listening pleasure. We know many people can't listen for two straight hours on a Friday afternoon. You're busy. I get it running errands, taking care of business. But maybe you can catch a little bit of the show on Saturday and a little more of the show on Sunday night. Or if there's something you find entertaining or interesting, you want someone else to hear it, you can tell them to listen at that time. And of course, every Friday afternoon, 3 to 5 p.m., we bring you this program intending to entertain you a little bit, to educate you a little bit, to inform you, and to edify you in your Christian life. It's a light take on the week as we round round out a busy week. We like to just take a little bit of a, a relaxed time with you, give you an alternative on a Friday afternoon to be able to listen and interact. We'd love to hear from you, by the way. You can find us on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio Guam. That's one of the best ways that you can let us know that you're listening by following us. So find us on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio Guam. And just click follow. Then you'll be notified every time we have something new pop up on our our, uh, radio station website or if we're going to upload a new podcast or we have something we'd like to link you to. But it's also your way of getting a hold of us. You can uh, send us a message through Facebook as well. So Harvest Family Radio Guam on Facebook. Or you can email us. Go to our website, khmg.org, and there's a contact us button there, and you can email us. And we'd love to hear from you. And you can always stop by here, by the way, Monday to Friday. 8 to 4 p.m. We're on the third floor, directly above the hub. That's why we have our little segment, What's in My Coffee, because it's so convenient to get our free drinks from the hub every Friday. Now, this Friday, today, they are closed because it is the observance of Veterans Day, which leads into our theme of the week, which is Veterans Day and veterans in general. And so we hope to honor our veterans today. I am a veteran myself. Not a retired veteran. And so for many people that haven't spent uh, time in the military, they might not understand the subtle difference between uh, veterans and retired veterans. And so the, the main difference is that a veteran is anyone that has served in the U.S. military, and a retired veteran is someone that served long enough to where they're able to receive retirement benefits. And so they are 
usually able to, for example, they continue to receive like a pension, a retirement plan from the military, from their service. They receive benefits that allow them to go on base and use uh, the medical care on base for the rest of their lives. They have some accelerated benefits for college for themselves and their their dependents and things like that. And so uh, retired veterans, those people, they put in their time. Me, I spent five years active duty in the Air Force, stationed in Japan for three, Texas for two. Then I got out on the Palace Chase program and joined the Air National Guard in Wisconsin so I could go to Bible college, and I really enjoyed that. And then I uh, was able to spend time in the Missouri Air National Guard as well for a year and a half, and my total service was right at 10 and a half years. And so I was able to enjoy 10 and a half years of military service, five of that active duty, much of that overseas, uh, the first first couple years overseas. And so really enjoyed being able to be in the United States Air Force and want to salute all of my brothers and sisters out there who have also served. And this Sunday, as a matter of fact, if you visit Harvest Baptist Church, we're going to be recognizing all the veterans at the service. Every week, every year, we're blown away by how many people that are part of our little congregation are somehow connected to the U.S. military, either active duty or veterans. And so we're going to be giving a free drink certificate to the hub for every veteran. And we have veterans that go way back. Like, I think we might even have some Korean War vets. We definitely have some Vietnam era vets and then more recent vets. And then we have a lunch this Sunday afternoon uh, to honor our active duty military. If we had it for the veterans, it would be about half the church. So we had to limit it to our active duty. But active duty military and families, we're going to be having a meal for you, free meal in the cafeteria and going to be just uh, just saying thank you. It's our way of, of thanking you. So all that just to say Happy Veterans Day. Uh, If you're listening to the Saturday broadcast, it's going to be actually on Veterans Day. But this is Veterans Day observed this Friday, the 10th of November, and it's 3.11 p.m. in the afternoon. And November, of course, there are a number of things happening in November, and some are bigger than others. One thing that's that's actually happening in November I want to mention is the coloring contest that is happening right now down at Faith Bookstore. And this is going on all the way until the day before Thanksgiving. So you have a little less than two weeks, and you can take your kids by there. If you have a child between the age of 4 and 12, they have three age categories, 4 to 6, 7 to 9, 10 to 12, and they're going to be giving away some great prizes, $30 gift certificates for first place for each of those age groups, 20 for second, and $10 for third for each of those age groups, plus a gift goes along with that. And all you have to do is go by and get the coloring sheet and have your child do their very best to color it, and then turn it back in with their name on it. And then they're going to be announcing the winners the day after Thanksgiving. And I think we're going to try and have Jason come up from Faith Bookstore and be able to help make those announcements right here on the air as well. So it's a great way for your kids to have something fun to do, great way to get you to go into Faith Bookstore and see all the different things they have, a lot of seasonal items there, and just a lot of great resources and some of the nicest people on the planet you, you would have a hard time finding a nicer group of people than uh, Faith Bookstore. So I encourage you to go by there and check out what they have and get your kids involved in the coloring contest. The more, the merrier, I say. Now, it is going to be Thanksgiving this month, but there are a number of other things happening this month, including this month is Mads 
tie one on for safety holiday campaign. That's the Mothers Against Drunk Driving. And so you'll see ribbons on people's uh, car antennas. You'll see also this month is Movember. I think it's a month that people move. Manatee Awareness. Uh, I didn't know there was such a an awareness observation, but apparently there is. National Adoption Awareness. Now, this is very important. This Sunday at Harvest Baptist Church, we're having our Orphan Sunday, and we'd love for you to uh, participate with us if you don't have a church home. But we're going to be honoring and highlighting the need for foster care and and kind of talking about the orphan situation here on Guam and abroad. So National Adoption Awareness Month is the month of November. Alzheimer's Disease Awareness, American Indian Heritage, Candle Month, Caregiver Appreciation, Child Mental Health, Diabetes Awareness, Epilepsy, Family Caregivers, Fragrance Month, Georgia Pecan or Pecan or Pecan Month, Healthy Skin Month, Home Care Month, Hospice uh, Care Month, Inspirational Role Model Month, Life Writing, Long-Term Care Awareness, National Marrow Awareness, Memoir Writing, and Military Family Month, to name a few. And then there are a few special weekly observances that are happening this month as well, including from the 13th through the 17th will be American Education Week, 12th through the 18th is Geography Awareness, 8th through the 11th, so we're in this right now, is International Dyslexia Reading Literacy Week. We're getting ready to round out the International Week of Science and Peace. That's the 5th through the 11th. The 5th through 11th also is wrapping up this weekend. It's National Animal Shelter and Rescue Appreciation Week. Getting ready to start on the 13th, National Book Awards Week. The 5th through the 11th, National Diabetes Education the 11th through the 20th, National Hunger and Homeless Awareness Week. We're going to be talking about uh, homeless veterans a little later in the show. Notary Public Week is the 12th through the 18th, as well as Nurse Practitioners and Radiological Technology Week and Young Readers Week and Split Pea Soup Week. So some of those more important than others, obviously. Today being the 10th of November, there are some special observances that the November, that today, November 10th, is Area Code Day, Forget-Me-Not Day, International Accounting Day, Vanilla Cupcake Day, Sesame Street Day, U.S. Marine Corps Birthday, and, the of course, the Observance of Veterans Day is today. Tomorrow, Armistice Day, Bonza Butler Day. Remember, we talked about that many times. It's a holiday when the day and the month numbers correspond. Bonza Butler Day. Death Duty Day, Domino Day, National Sunday Day, which like Sunday, S-U-N-D-A-E for ice cream, Veteran-Owned Business Anniversary, and Origami Day, the 12 Chicken Soup for the Soul Day, Fancy Rat and Mouse Day. I remember announcing that last year. National Pizza with Everything Day, except anchovies, and World Pneumonia Day, the 13th Caregiver Appreciation Day, National Indian Pudding Day, World Kindness Day, and World Orphans Day is the 13th. The 14th International Girls Day, uh, National American Teddy Bear Day, Guacamole Day on the 14th, Pickle Day, National Young Readers Day, and World Diabetes Day, and then the 15th next Thursday, uh, next Wednesday, sorry, American Recycles Day, America Recycles Day, American Enterprise Day, uh, let's see here, Love to Write Day, 
National Boont Day. You ever have a boont cake before, bunt cake? That was my grandma's favorite style of cake to make, which I really enjoyed. The bunt cake pan. It's got the ridges, kind of naturally makes it very easy to make the slices because of the little ridges. And it's cooked in a circular pan with kind of a hole in the middle. Turns out perfect every single time. Used to be able to go to the grocery store when I was a kid and where the Betty Crocker and Duncan Hines cake mixes are, there was a whole section and Pillsbury, I guess those are the three main companies. There was a whole section of just bunt cake mixes. And so you could get a cake mix that was specifically made for bunt cake recipes. So you could do like a black forest cake, bunt cake, or you could do like a carrot cake. And it was made specifically so it could be cooked in a bunt cake pan. So really good. I got distracted on that big time. Uh, let's see here. Clean out your refrigerator day is on the 15th as well. Uh, philanthropy day. Raisin brand cereal day. Not as much fun as bunt cake day. And then the 16th, next Thursday. Uh, let's see. Children's Grief Awareness. Um, Great American Smokeout. International Day of Tolerance. National Button Day. National Fast Food Day. Well, every day around here is Fast Food Day. Seems like Use Less Stuff Day, and uh, World Philosophy Day is on the 16th. So a lot of different observances for this month, and always fun to take a look at those. Now, I wanted to say one more thing before we take our first break here. Today, we had about mm, maybe 25 people come out and help us here at Harvest with hanging some of the low, low-level Christmas lights. So... We have about a million Christmas lights we hang up here on the campus of Harvest Ministries, and we have a maintenance staff that work for maybe up to two months hanging these lights, you know, maybe not straight eight hours a day, five days a week, but they're working on it for months. But we decided to open it up to the church because it really is a church outreach to have these lights up. We have our Festival of Lights and some of our concerts and programs, which invites the community onto our campus so that we can share the gospel with them. And so we opened it up to the church, and we had about... 25 people show up, and today's a Friday, and not everyone even has today off of work, but we had about 25 folks show up, and it was a great cross-section of our church, and we were able to hang up all the Christmas lights that are reachable without a ladder, plus some that you had to use a ladder for. So that was a lot of fun, but I was thinking about Christmas lights. I want to share a few LED Christmas lights uh, lighting revolutionized. So today, when I was asking Tim Pratt, our director of our maintenance department, uh, the lights we were hanging up were LEDs. So they're not indestructible. LED lights still have, you know, they have a shelf life and a usage life. They also can be broken. They do have glass and things like that, but they're a lot more reliable. And the amount of power they use is so much less that you sometimes you'll see LED lights uh, at Home Depot or someplace, and they're just a lot more expensive to purchase, but they use so much less power. Now, if you're only using three or four strands of lights, perhaps using LEDs is not practical to spend the money. The The old uh, regular incandescent lights are fine, but uh, they do put off, LED lights put off very little heat. They put off a lot of light and they use almost no power. So here is from the Statista website, uh, LEDs, Christmas lighting revolutionized. Countless families have been putting, this is from this article by Mike McCarthy, December 8th, 2015. This week, countless families have been putting up the finishing touches on Christmas trees in the United States. At least many of them will be using dusty old incandescent light bulbs to illuminate their creations. It might be time to switch over to modern LEDs if you haven't done so already. 
They use up to 75% less energy than incandescent counterparts, and they last 25 times longer. According to the U.S. Department of Energy, an LED string is so tough that an American family could still be using the same set 40 years from now. Buying and operating incandescent C9 lights for 10 holiday seasons would cost an estimated $122 compared to just $17.99 for a string of LED C9 lights. Widespread LED use across the United States uh, by 2027 could save $30 billion and 340 terawatts of electricity, equivalent to 44 large power plants. So, I mean, that's that's compelling. So here's, a, they have a little infographic on here. Let me try and uh, describe it. Estimated cost of buying and operating Christmas lights in the United States. So uh, the cost of electricity to light a six-foot tree for 12 hours a day for 40 days versus the cost of buying and operating lights for 10 holiday seasons. So incandescent C9 lights uh, will cost about $10 to operate uh, one string of Christmas lights for 12 hours a day for 40 days on a six-foot tree. Um, let's see here. And over over 10 holiday seasons, that's $122. Incandescent mini lights, however, are only $2.74, so about a quarter of the price if you use mini lights, but still incandescent. And so over 10 seasons, that's only $55. LED mini lights, uh, $0.82 cents for the whole season to operate them, which comes to only $33.29 over 10 seasons. And then uh, LED C9 lights. And I think these come in maybe shorter strings. That's why the, the number doesn't extrapolate to just 10 times the annual usage here. But $0.27 cents to light up a six-foot Christmas tree for 40 days, 12 hours a day. And your total cost over 10 years would only be $17.99. And I think I've lost almost $17.99 just in the couch cushions of my house. So I'd encourage you to check into LED lights. It's a wise way to, you know, just use your resources. Anyway, hey, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, a little more live till 5. Stick around. It is Friday, November 10th, episode 239. The theme today is Veterans. And happy Veterans Day to all of you vets out there. Thank you for your service. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. We'll be back with a little more live till 5 after this. And we're back with a little more live till 5 on the sunny side of Friday afternoon, November 10th, 3.27 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Episode 239. Only two weeks away from Christmas music, by the way, for those of you that are keeping track of such things. I know some people are already listening to Christmas music quietly in their closets with, with, you know, towels rolled up along the bottom of the doors so that no one else can hear that you're listening to Christmas music. 
There are a few people that are more braggadocious about it, already telling us that they're listening to Christmas music, but we are going to officially start the Christmas music season the day after Thanksgiving here at KHMG two weeks from now. Hard to believe. Wow, it just goes by so quick. You know, the month of November, there are a lot of different things happening, and usually we would have Lawrence Nagengast, our resident history expert, up here to talk about this day in history, but we gave him the day off because it is Veterans Day Observed, and he works really hard, and if you saw him, he, he, he's a mess. He just needs the rest and, you know, beauty sleep and things like that. So we're going to do This Day in History without him today, and I'm going to try and do it as well as he does. So This Day in History, November 10th, a lot of things have happened, obviously, but uh, some are probably a little more interesting than others. Like some, you know, Flemish painter, uh, Jan Mastis, banished from Antwerp for religious beliefs. You know, that's, that's somewhat interesting. Uh, let's see here. But like this one here, I'll tell you what. How about, well, let's do all obscure things that you've never heard of and probably didn't care to know. That's what I'm going to do today for November 10th. Uh, unlike the way Lawrence does it, because if I try and do it the way Lawrence does it, where he does interesting things, where he knows other background information, it's just going to be such a stark comparison. I, I just don't want to do that to myself. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share obscure things that happen this day in history that you never knew about, never cared to know about. Like this one, 1584. Willem Louis of Nassau appointed Viceroy of Friesland. I don't know where Friesland is. I'm not quite sure what a Viceroy is. Uh, let's see here. Uh, 1630, failed palace revolution in France against Richelieu. Now, that's that's borderline relevant. Uh, let's see here. 1674, Dutch formerly cede the New Netherlands, New York, to the English. So, New York used to be the New Netherlands. Well, let's see here. Um, 1697, English Parliament accept army reduction. Okay, again, that's a little obscure. Second Continental Congress in 1775 forms the Continental Marines, precursor to the United States Marine Corps. Now, that one's relevant. That one's very relevant. Uh, let's see, 1793. This is a very interesting event in history. So November 10th, 1793, France ends forced worship of God. What an interesting event in history. So by the by the way this is worded, that means that France previous to this day forced the worship of God, which probably shows the disconnect from how the worship of God actually occurs because you cannot force the worship of God. Chris and I later will probably talk about a little religious freedom stuff, but let's see here. Let's let's move into the uh, 1800s. 1801, Kentucky, the state, outlaws dueling. You know, like two people, pace 10 paces, turn, shoot. One person usually dies. Yeah. In 1801, Kentucky outlaws dueling. Very interesting. Uh, obscure, but interesting. Uh, let's see. 1834, the HMS Beagle, Charles Darwin, sails from Valparaiso. That's that's borderline uh, relevant. Let's see here. Oh, I just got, you know, we have resident Dutch experts. And, and I am so glad that they uh, tune in because I just got word that the comment on Friesland was more relevant than I realized. Uh, Friesland is in the northwest of the Netherlands. Well, there you go. I've had like two or three Dutch things already. So there you go. Thank you, 
Dr. Dustin, for the update. Let's continue on here. Uh, 1871. You've probably seen the illustration from Henry Morton Stanley's 1872 book, How I Found Livingston. In 1871, November 10th, Henry Morton Stanley encounters David Livingston in Ujiji near Lake Taganyaki in Central Africa with the immortal words, Dr. Livingston, I presume. Yep, that happened on November 10th. Let's see here. Here's here's a very obscure, uh, very, very obscure event. November 10th, 1883, the Toronto Argonauts defeat the Ottawa FC 9-7 for the first ORFU championship. Very interesting. Uh, I, I think one of those football clubs still exists. Uh, let's see here. The 1885 German engineer Gottlieb Dahlmer unveils the world's first motorcycle, like Dahlmer Chrysler. I'm sure that's the same. 1891, the first Women's Christian Temperance Union uh, meeting is held in Boston. Uh, Let's see here. The electric railway was patented in 1891 on this day by Granville T. Woods. Let's see. Uh, in 1898, there was a race riot in Wilmington, North Carolina. Eight people were killed. Here's a 1905, November 10th, 1905. Sailors joined the rebellion at Kronstadt Naval Base in Russia. Oh, this is a great one. Okay, I'm giving up on the obscure ones. I want to go back to the relevant ones because this one is great. So this date is the Marine Corps birthday, or the precursor to the Marine Corps birthday, which was very important. Here's another one. 1908, November 10th, 1908. The first Gideon Bible was put in a hotel room on November 10th, 1908. I I really like the Gideons. They have done a lot of good for the kingdom of God. 1911, Andrew Carnegie forms Carnegie Corporation for scholarly and charitable works. And I think they still support the Antique Roadshow, if you ever watch uh, national public television. Uh, let's see here. Public broadcast. The public broadcast service, PBS. Hmm. Let's see what else happened on this day in history. Maybe just a few a few here. The American Legion's first national convention was in 1919 on this day. George Bernard Shaw wrote Heartbreak House. It premiered in New York City on this day in 1920. Oh, here's another, another Dutch one. 1923, German's ex-crown prince flees the Netherlands to Germany. This is a, a probably a disproportionate amount of Dutch history uh, on this day. So November 10th is a big day for, for Dutch history. Let's see here. What else happened? Oh, uh, let's see. Film awards. Lionel Barrymore and Marie Dressler win in the fourth Academy Awards in 1931. Uh, let's see. What else? If there's anything else that was really interesting. An event of interest, 1940, Walt Disney begins serving as an informer for the Los Angeles office of the FBI. His job was to report back information on Hollywood subversives. Well, that's very interesting. Uh, William Faulkner no, uh, became the Nobel laureate, uh, awarded on this day in history, 1950. Uh, let's see if there's anything else. Oh, the raising of flag on Iwo Jima. 1954, Iwo Jima Memorial Servicemen Raising the U.S. Flag, dedicated in Arlington, Virginia. 
And I think I'm going to wrap it up with uh, this one here. 1963, this day, Gordie Howe takes over the NHL career goal lead at 545. Gordie Howe, famous uh, legend in the ice hockey world and uh, probably never be another one quite like him. There have been a lot of different record-breaking ice hockey players, but if you consider the era where they... that just the longevity of the careers back then because of the injuries and things like that. It's just a miracle that he played so long and played so well. Now, as we move on, you know, there was a time where I was doing a lot of different idioms every week. We would go through this book of idioms that uh, was provided to me by PC because she knew that we enjoyed the idiom game that we used to play with Nick Brown. But alas, we ran out of idioms. And although we might go back to that someday, someone else... Uh, Helen Middlebrook actually provided me a book that is uh, entitled Accidents May Happen, 50 Inventions Discovered by Mistakes, Charlotte Foltz Jones. And this little this little segment I'm calling Happy Little Accidents. I might get some of the sources from other places, but today it's entirely from this book. This breakfast cereal was invented accidentally. In 1921, a diet clini- clinician in Minneapolis, was mixing bran gruel, which sounds disgusting, but it's a thin porridge, for his patients. He accidentally spilled some of the mixture on the hot stove. The spill turned into a crisp, thin wafer. When the clinician tasted it, he realized that the toasted wafer was more appetizing than the gruel. The Washburn Crosby Company bought the rights to the cereal. The company spent three years developing the product and introduced, you guessed it, Wheaties breakfast cereal in 1924. Washburn Crosby became General Mills, Inc. in 1928. And then here's some other facts about it. Wheaties cereal was named through an employee contest of the Washburn Crosby Company. An export manager's wife suggested the name. And according to General Mills research, customers make two-thirds of their purchasing decisions at the store shelf. On the average, a customer takes one to three seconds to look at a package to decide if they if they're going to buy it or buy the competitor's product. So, and maybe that's why Wheaties has really the thing that stands out about Wheaties. Of course, uh, some people like the cereal. Me, when I was a kid, my parents would buy it sometimes, and we'd put our own sugar on it, and you could make it kind of tolerable. We'd throw some bananas in there, and strawberries, blueberries, whatever, and then you could eat it. But it gets soggy very quickly which, you know, unless you're just wolfing it down, it, you, you cannot possibly eat it all before some of it gets soggy. But the reason why we usually bought Wheaties had nothing to do with the taste or the quality of the flakes or the vitamin-packed nutrients. Why did you ever buy a box of Wheaties? Yes, because of the picture on the box. So Wheaties got smart. When I was a kid, Bruce Jenner who has, you know, had a, a sordid history in, in recent years. But in 1976, Bruce Jenner was America's hero as he uh, competed, I believe it was in the 76 uh, decathlon, and he was just a, a super athlete, and they got him on the box of Wheaties. And then since that time, I mean, I, I was only a couple, four years old at that time, so but I can remember, I worked in a couple different grocery stores over the years when I was a teenager and when I was in college, worked at grocery stores and having to face the shelves, you know, where you have to 
kind of scoot everything to the front, line it up perfectly. The Wheaties boxes stand out because of who they get to be featured on the front of those boxes. And a lot of times they are very supportive of like the U.S. Olympic teams are very patriotic and it's a, it's a marketing thing. So I don't know if they're actually patriotic or they just use that as a, as a gimmick, but they do feature like the, you know, it, it, the baseball team that wins a world series, or if the U S bobsledding team or a figure skater or, you know, uh, Michael Jordan, someone, they'll always have someone on the front of the box. That's inspiring. And, you know, for a kid, and even a, an adult eating a eating cereal, we kind of identify. Ooh, I wanna I wanna be like that, and so uh, Wheaties has kind of cornered that that market. So that that bright orange box with the picture of an athlete on it. Um, now you know how they began. It was really a happy little accident. There you go. Thank you, Helen, for the book. Now before we take another break, I wanted to give you a late breaking report. Because we read a story, it's probably about a month ago now, about something that was happening in the UK underground. And Chris Harper, station manager, an all around good guy, and, you know, somewhat of an armchair expert on everything United Kingdom, particularly breakfast. He, he loves breakfast from there, but uh, if you didn't know that about him. But he read an article that is the follow-up to the article we shared a couple weeks ago. Let me, let me just start with this. Um, if you're new to the show, have you ever heard of a fatberg before? That's not something you get it at a, a hamburger, hamburger joint. A fatberg is when there is a large mass of fats that have congealed in the sewer pipes and they become an obstruction. I know it's totally disgusting. Hopefully you're not eating anything right now that resembles that. But it 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 coagulates and it clogs the pipes up and then what happens is they have to get in there and blast these out or else uh it can cause a sewage problem and a and a uh water waste issue, you know, for a whole city. So there was a huge one in the UK. Let me let me read about this. A 250 meter long fatberg weighing 130 tons which was blocking an East London sewer has been cleared after nine a nine week battle. And that's that's their words, not mine. The solid mass of congealed fat, wet wipes, nappies, oil, etc. found in a Victorian era tunnel in Whitechapel. Now if you're familiar with Whitechapel, that's where the Jack the Ripper Incidents happened 150 years ago. Thames Water said it had taken longer to clear than expected because of the damage it caused to the sewer. Waste Network manager Alex Saunders said, The beast is finally defeated. But he said it with a British accent. The team of eight worked to clear the sewer, with the final stretch having to be removed manually using shovels. It was some of the most gut-wrenching work. <laughs> It's reading this story is some of the most gut-wrenching work I've done in a while. Uh, it was some of the most gut-wrenching work uh, many would have seen, Mr. Saunders said. Thames Water says fatbergs form when people put things that they shouldn't down sinks and toilets. The company spends about one million pounds every month clearing blockages from the capital's sewers. And you figure London itself, it's an old city, right? And so they're 
their infrastructure is old. It's brick and stone and, and uh, you know, the modern problems when they originally created the sewer system, they could have never imagined some of the modern problems that would exist uh, because of some of the things that happen in modern sewer systems. So anyway, we've talked about sewer way more than any of us ever wanted to do. So we're going to just take a little break. When we come back, we'll talk a little more about uh, some Stranger Than Fiction stories. And then the second hour, of course, we're going to be talking about our theme of the day, which are veterans. We want to talk about you veterans out there because we appreciate you. Today is Veterans Day Observed, November 10th. This show will be rebroadcast on Veterans Day, November 11th, Saturday, and the day after Veterans Day, the 12th, November 12th at 7 and 9 p.m., noon to 2 on Veterans Day, November 11th, and then we're going to be on the air here till 5 o'clock live. So stick around. Episode 239 is well underway. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host here at KHMG, 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. Stick around more live till 5 after this short break. Down to the minimum and have faith. Amen. A pandemonium liable to walk upon the scene. We're back with a little more live till 5. It's 3.49 p.m. on this Friday, November 10th. Happy Veterans Day observed to those that are listening live. You can always tune in noon to 2 on Saturdays, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday nights. Catch us on The Rebound as we rebroadcast the show in its entirety, all two hours of it. Glad to have you with us, live audience, this Friday afternoon. If you have students, they're out of school. If you work for a bank or federal agency, probably had the day off. Thank you to those who came out and helped us hang some Christmas lights here at the Harvest Campus today. Got a lot done in a very short period of time. And I know that the guys that normally have to do that are very grateful for the help. And uh, it was neat to see the church come together and work together on that. And I hope you guys are having a great day so far and planning to have a great weekend. It's a beautiful day here on Guam. It's about... 90 degrees outside right now, clear skies, light breeze, everything's green. Everything's kind of quiet around here at Harvest because there's no school going on today. So the campus is just a little bit ghostly, but I kind of like it. It's, it's nice. No car line this afternoon, so we don't have to hear the muffled sound of the car line barker over the loudspeaker calling out which parent is here to pick up their children, so... I'm glad to have you with us this afternoon. You know, if you ever miss the show, you can go onto our website, khmg.org, and you can download the podcast. So that's one way. You can click on a, a number of different number of different links there that that you can have access to so you can listen online. So some people they don't have a radio. You know, you talk to someone, they're like, well, I just don't have a radio. Well, that's okay. I mean, even if you don't have a radio, you can listen to the radio. There are a number of apps out there that you can listen to FM radio. We happen to use the TuneIn app, but really you can find us on just about any FM radio app. And on our website, khmg.org, you can find out that information. You can listen to our live stream right there through our website. Just click on Listen Live and you can listen right there. And uh, this is on any internet-enabled device, so your smartphone, your tablet, your computer, 
So it's a great way to listen even at work, and you can stay stay informed and have some Christian encouragement coming from uh, the computer there as you're sitting at your desk trying to get some work done and can play in the background. You're really going to be loving that when the Christmas music starts up in two weeks, and so that that's a lot of fun. A lot of people listen on the old traditional radio, though, as they're driving around in their cars. We're down at the bottom of the dial, the left side, 88.1 FM, and been broadcasting for 21 and a half years, 24 hours a day, seven days a week here on Guam. Beautiful Christian music and Bible-based programming every day, and we are glad to be able to do it. We just love this part of the ministry. Now, as we wrap up this first hour, I want to share a few stories with you. Uh, Ones that I came across this week that I thought you might find interesting. If not, I did find them interesting, and I call the segment Truth is Stranger Than Fiction, or Stranger Than Fiction for short. And a few of these are from World Magazine. A few of these are from Reuters, oddly enough. Here's one. This is just just an interesting story. If you can kind of picture this here. Before flying a single-engine plane back to his rural North Dakota home, Nathan Howitt figured he might do his friend a favor. Howitt stopped at a Devil's Lake, North Dakota subway restaurant to pick up a six-inch sandwich with melted pepper jack cheese, ranch dressing, and a banana peppers and fly it to his friend Mitchell Worth, who lives near his uh, route home. However... Rather than land the plane and hand deliver the sandwich, how it buzzed a dirt road where Worth was standing and tossed the subway bag out of his plane. Worth captured the high-speed delivery on his phone, uploading the video to Snapchat and adding the caption, Thanks, buddy. Nice shot. Subway found the video and posted it on the company's Facebook page saying, Friend level expert. So he tossed the sandwich out the window for his friend. Here's one. It may not be unusual for the the star of a music video to spend time swimming in a hotel swimming pool. But that didn't reassure police in Atlantic City, New Jersey, when they found a three-foot-long alligator in the pool at the Bayview Inn and Suites on August 15th. Police discovered the animal while they were investigating a different matter, and they learned that the makers of a music video had brought the reptile to the hotel for their video shoot. Later that day, animal control workers were able to trap the animal and move it to a nearby zoo. So people were shooting a music video. They put an alligator in the pool. Now the pool looks like it was uh, partially drained of water and the water was kind of green. So I don't know if it's one of those high-end videos or not, but here's another one. Scientists writing for the Journal of Psychological Research have discovered why men seem to perform better at Scrabble tournaments. According to the University of Miami researcher Jared Moxley, Men do better in Scrabble competitions because women aren't as likely to devote hours of practice into what they consider to be a pointless set of skills. Hey, is that a, is that a compliment or is that an insult? I, I can't quite tell. Uh, quote, just because there's a huge gender difference, it doesn't mean that there's a huge ability gap, end quote, Moxley told the Times of London. Instead, he said his research uncovered that women enjoy playing the game as a hobby or for fun, whereas men are more likely to be willing to practice anagrams and memorize words that contain X or Q. There you go. How about this one? Just in time for Oktoberfest, Adidas has released a new shoe that promises to provide style and comfort while defending itself against unwanted fluids that may be on the floors during Oktoberfest season. The German company says the Adidas München will be liquid-proof as well as, uh, yeah, if people are to throw up, uh, thanks to a coating on the outer part of the shoe. 
Inside, the Moonshin shoe features red and white check inner lining to match tablecloths. And uh, at the German uh, premiere Oktoberfest. So, very interesting. They're an attractive shoe. They're black with a white sole and then the gold lines. But they kind of have like that never wet um, type coating on them. So, they are basically waterproof. This one was interesting. Maybe this has happened to you before. A British family unnerved by what they believed was a lizard under the bed in their home was chagrined to learn it was only a dirty sock. The Coventry UK family called the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, <laughs> uh, the RSPCA. To remove the lizard, RSPCA worker Vic Herr arrived at the home to check under the bed and to try and identify what sort of lizard she was dealing with. Her observed the object to be about seven inches long. After turning on her flashlight, though, she realized it wasn't an animal at all, but rather a pink stripy socks, sock covered in dust. So I have a couple questions. Number one, don't these people have a flashlight of their own? Number two, how did this become an international story? I don't know. Slow news day, I guess. And it ended up on my program, so how can I... How can I criticize? Well, that'll be enough Stranger and Fiction for this hour. Might have a few more in the second hour. We are honoring our veterans today. And in the second hour, I intend to talk about some statistics related to U.S. veterans, veteran issues, specifically veteran homelessness. It is an epidemic in the United States. And then, of course, uh, some facts about Veterans Day and which presidents, U.S. presidents, were veterans or had served in the United States military. So we're going to be talking about all those things. And then at the end of the show, I want to talk a little bit about the historicity of Jesus Christ uh, before we leave the second hour. And then we're going to have some news with Chris Harper as well. This is Veterans Day Observed, November 10th. It is 3.58 in the afternoon here on this Friday. And uh, this is episode 239 of Live Till 5. And we are really just enjoying being with you today. And so we're going to take a break for the news here in just a moment. But when we come back, of course, of course, we're going to have a whole other hour of Live Till 5. And we're glad you're with us today. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Friday, November 10th, 3.58 p.m. Here at KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam. Stick around for a short break for SRN News and then a second hour of Live Till 5. with a little more live till 5, 4.04 p.m. on this Friday, November 10th, episode 239. 239 times we've had this two-hour-long live, local, talking variety program here at Harvest Family Radio. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. I think I've had the privilege of hosting about maybe 225 to 230 of these episodes. Had some of my good friends and cohorts uh, step in when I'm off-island or 
unable to host. And then in the last five years, we have had maybe four or five Fridays where we did not have the show because of a holiday or something else. But pretty rare for us not to have the show. Like today, for example, the ministry has the day off, but Chris was going to be up here. I didn't want him to be all alone. You know, he gets lonely up here by himself. He's like, it's kind of like being in the Tower of London. So... He was receiving visitors, and so I said, well, why don't I just come up and do the show? So anyway, yeah, we wanted to do the show today, and we wanted to do it because we know we have some people listen every week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We we would not do this if we didn't think there were people that were, were blessed by it, and we know that some of that blessing is just sheer entertainment value. Some of you are hoping that I, you know, put my foot in my mouth some of you laugh at one of the little segments that you really like some of you are our fact checkers whether that is dutch history or australian rugby league rules or mispronunciations of czechoslovakian cities whatever it is you as listeners you kind of keep us accountable we appreciate that and you can let us know you're listening go to our facebook page harvest family radio guam find us on facebook follow us send us a private message let us know if you have a question, you have an idea for a topic, someone maybe we should interview, uh, a comment, you know, a compliment, uh, you know, we, we appreciate that kind of stuff. The feedback is very helpful to us. You can also go to our website, khmg.org. You can listen live on our website. You can also find ways to listen live through different apps and things that you can download. And you can also download the podcast of previous programs live till five this is episode 239 we have dozens and dozens of podcasts out there we we don't have all 239 out there at this time but we have a lot and sometimes it's more convenient to be able to just listen to the podcast form of the show because you can listen at your leisure and uh you can you know as you're on the go even without internet access but one of the greater values, I think, of our website is, and the podcast, it's really not live till five. I mean, I, I'm very grateful to be able to do live till five and put, put time and energy into it, and hopefully you enjoy it as much as I do. But we produce some excellent programs here at Harvest Family Radio. And when I say excellent, I'm, I truly mean the quality of the production is very good. The content is second to none. The theological uh, quality is we carry a very high standard and we never have to put a disclaimer on any of these programs. And so as we produce local programs, we want to make them available to you, not only through our daily broadcasts on the radio, but also through our podcasts themselves. So we produce a program called Building Great Leaders, for example, with Dr. Les Olala, who's one of my mentors and one of my favorite preachers. He was the president of the college that I went to. And uh, he's been here many times. He's had the privilege of preaching, excuse me, preaching here a few times. But also, he preached in chapels and churches for so many years. We have really the library of all of his uh, audio content. And so we decided to turn that into a program. And uh, that was partially funded by a grant that was given to us uh, through a donor through his ministry, Building Great Leaders. And so that is a great program. If you've not listened to it, it's a real surprise. So I would encourage you to listen to Building Great Leaders. Also, Living Redemptively with Dr. Doug McLaughlin. Excellent expository preaching. 
always has a great way of wording things. Very intellectual, but but still uh, still imminent. You, it's still like right there, easy to grab onto. So I would encourage you to listen to that. Of course, we have uh, Harvest Time, which is an interview program, and then we have Heart of Harvest, which is a lot of our own local pastors preaching. Pastor Marty Heron is the majority of that, but we have some others. And then we have uh, Take Note, which is Chris Harper's afternoon program where he does live broadcasting every afternoon. He was just talking with me off the air about how he has to do about 30 to 40 minutes of talking every day on that program. That's a lot. That's a lot of live content. And uh, we, we produce that here. Harvest Echoes, those are great sermons that have been preached here at Harvest Ministries over the years. And Chris recognized a long time ago that we had all this excellent archived preaching that will never see the light of day if we didn't put it together in a way that we could we could put it out in podcasts and on the radio. And so put in a lot of time to create this Harvest Echoes program, and it's really uncovered uh, great sermons from the vault here at Harvest and making it as accessible to you. So there are many great preaching programs out there and <clears throat> good Christian radio programs that we're not able to carry, but there are other stations that do. But I can guarantee this, that if you listen to a program at Harvest Family Radio on 88.1 FM KHMG, we'll never have to apologize for airing it. We'll never have to give you a disclaimer. If, if we're producing something here, it's going to be consistent theologically and practically with where our ministry is. And so our radio station is a ministry of our church. And so that's why there's a familiarity, even in the style of music and things like that, it's going to feel familiar with. If you visited our church, you're going to kind of hear on our radio station, it's got a very familiar feel there because it really comes out of the same philosophy. We're trying to help people develop a heart for God. And so we want to help you take that next spiritual step. So anyway, that's a uh, extra long plug for... Harvest Family Radio, but I do love it. I had the privilege of being the station manager for one year before Chris Harper came, after John Collier, and so uh, got to know a lot more about the inner workings of the business and the ministry of radio and really media broadcasting. It's not just a radio station anymore. We have so many different media outlets that we're using, and uh, we want to make sure you're plugged into all of those. So go to our website, khmg.org. Go to our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam, and uh, get get plugged into all the different things we offer here. I did, speaking of getting plugged in, I'd encourage you to plug into this coloring contest down at Faith Bookstore. Our good friends down there, Jason, Ian, um, others, uh, all, all the folks on there are just really great. But they have this coloring contest every year. This is their sixth annual one. And we've been promoting it for, I think, the last three. But uh, they do this for younger kids, ages 4 to 6, ages 7 to 9, and ages 10 to 12. They have a coloring contest for Thanksgiving. They have some great prizes. And uh, you can go down to Faith Bookstore 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday. They have, they have a surprising amount of Christian resources, books, gifts, Bibles, journals. They have some local Guam uh, gift items that you can only really get there. They have the largest selection of the U.S. geological maps, which is just, you know, I bought a number of maps there over the years, and just a lot of neat different things. I, I'd encourage you to swing by there, get one of these coloring sheets, get your kids to fill it out. They'll do the drawing. 
the day after Thanksgiving, so you have to have it turned in the day before Thanksgiving, so you have a little less than two weeks, and then we're going to announce the winners here on the air as well, that same day that we start the Christmas music up. So I just want to keep promoting that because I think it's it's worthwhile. Now let me give you a few, just to kind of start the topic of Veterans Day, then we're going to take a break and talk about the news, come back and talk some more Veterans Day stuff. But when you look at Veterans Day, uh, November 11th, let me share a few facts with you from History.com. And, uh, you know, maybe you've heard people call Veterans Day Armistice Day, or maybe you'll see that on the calendar. So Veterans Day originated as Armistice Day on November 11th, 1919, the first anniversary of the end of World War I. Congress passed a resolution in 1926 for an annual observance, and November 11th became a national holiday beginning in 1938. Unlike Memorial Day, Veterans Day pays tribute to all American veterans, living or dead, but especially giving thanks to the living veterans who served their countries honorably during war or peacetime. So Memorial Day is a time to remember those that lost their lives. But Veterans Day, although, of course, we do remember those that have lost their lives, it's a time to honor those who are still living, who, who uh, sacrificed their own comfort to serve our country and protect our freedoms, and uh, whether that's peacetime or wartime. So here are a few facts about Veterans Day from History.com. It happens every year on November 11th in the United States. 1954, President Dwight D. Eisenhower, who was a former general himself, officially changed the name of the holiday from Armistice Day to Veterans Day. 1968, Uniform Holiday Bill was passed by Congress, which moved the celebration of Veterans Day to the fourth Monday in October. The law went into effect in 1971, but in 1975, President Gerald Ford returned Veterans Day to November 11th due to important historical significance of the date. I didn't know that. Great Britain, France, Australia, and Canada also commemorate veterans of World War I and World War II on or near November 11th. Canada has Remembrance Day, while Britain has Remembrance Sunday, the second Sunday of November. In Europe, Great Britain, and the Commonwealth countries, it is common to observe two minutes of silence at 11 a.m. every November 11th. And I've got to participate in ceremonies like that, too, where we were able to celebrate at 11.11 on November 11th. We were able to celebrate uh, two moments of silence. The military men and women who serve to protect the U.S. Uh, come from all walks of life. They're parents, children, grandparents, friends, neighbors, coworkers, and are an important part of their communities. Here are some of the facts about veteran population in the United States, and I'll probably overlap a little of this later. But according to History.com, there are 16.1 million living veterans uh, that served during at least one war. 5.2 million veterans served in peacetime. 2 million veterans are women. 7 million veterans serving served during the Vietnam War. 5.5 million veterans served during the Persian Gulf War. I was in during the Persian Gulf War. Of the 16 million Americans who served during World War II, about 558,000 are still alive. 2 million veterans served during the Korean War. 6 million veterans served in peacetime. As of 2014, which is the last time they had some of these census numbers, 2.9 million veterans received compensation for service-connected disabilities. Three states have more than 1 million veterans in their population. California has 1.8, Florida has 1.6, and Texas 1.7. The VA healthcare system had 54 hospitals in 1930. Since then, it has expanded to include 171 medical centers, 
more than 350 outpatient community and outreach clinics, 126 nursing home care units, and 35 live-in care facilities for injured or disabled vets. And we have a really good clinic here on Guam for veterans as well. So that's just kind of to start the topic of veterans. We're going to talk more about that in just a little bit. After we come back from this break, we'll have the news with Chris Harper, all-around good guy and station manager, and uh, then we'll talk veterans. And then at the end of the show, if we have time, we're going to talk a little bit about the historicity of Jesus Christ as we go into this holiday season. You know, Jesus Christ, the fact of Jesus Christ can come under attack, and so I want to equip you with some good information and a good website you can go to to get more. So I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. This is episode 239 on this Friday, November 10th, 4.17 p.m. here at Live Till 5. Stick around for more Live Till 5 after this short break. A little more live till 5, 4.22 p.m. on this Friday, November 10th. Glad to have you with us. Okay, let's be honest. Some of you only listen to the show because you like the bumper music, right? Yeah, me too. I, I, I enjoy the... I mean, I listen to the show for other reasons than that. But I do like the bumper music. I like these little these little intros. It's, it's kind of a little game for me to pick the right one that goes with the mood of the next segment that I'm going to be introducing... And then be able to blend it in with what I'm doing. As a matter of fact, I was listening to a segment on a news radio show the other day. And I, I really like this segment. It's a little Fox News talk um, uh, minute by Janet Dean. Janice Dean. She's, a, I think, a meteorologist with Fox News. But she has this little thing called the Dean's List. And it's a very good. It's basically kind of like one of those chicken soup for the soul. It basically, it'll be someone that's a hero. Someone did something heroic. And sometimes it's noticing someone that did something small. And sometimes it's a big deal. But I noticed that the, the program itself, I mean, this is Fox News. They don't, they have this random classical song barely come up at the end of her segment. You can just barely hear it and then it fades right off. And it has no connection to the style of the program. I'm like, they should fire their bumper music person on that. The The program would be so much better. There's no intro music at all. The outro comes up 10 seconds before it's off, but it never comes up to where you can quite hear what it is. It's just like this, dun, 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 and then it's gone. Hmm. It's like a, a poorly, it's, it's poorly blended into the uh, segment. So anyway, from my, I mean, I guess... What do I know? Your extensive bumper music. Yes, I'm. I'm. Uh, uh, you know. I'm. I. You know what? Maybe it's a whole industry thing that I, I'm just way out of the loop. But I'm just like, it's such a. It's it's a good little segment. It's a very interesting little human interest segment. But it'd be so much better 
if they picked a song that fit the type of segment it is, and if you could actually hear the song properly at the right time. So it just, yes. you know, it's anyway. That's that's you know that's uh, news from the biz with uh, Jared Baldwin, former station manager of Harvest Family Radio. And speaking of station managers, Chris Harper's here, all around good guy, station manager, and he is our news desk editor in chief. Uh, extraordinaire here at Harvest Family Radio as well. So, Chris, what's happening in the news on this November 10th? Well, several things, and these stories come from srnnews.com. So you may have heard uh, one of these stories or another on SRN News. I did hear this one a couple of hours ago. But a new poll conducted by the Public Religion Research Institute finds that when a person says, quote, I'm spiritual but not religious, unquote, they're probably not being completely truthful. Now, you might have said they didn't need a study to tell me that, but the PRRI study finds that 70% of people that make the claim about themselves that they're spiritual but not religious actually do identify with some form of established religion, either in their earlier years or in their uh, life currently. The spiritual but not religious also tend to be younger, more liberal politically, white or Hispanic, and less likely to identify with any one political party. So this seems to be the the most popular way to describe yourself today. All of the studies show that people love to say that they're spiritual but not religious, although most would be hard-pressed to define what that means. Britain's top internal security official is pressing social media companies to devise automatic systems to spot and block violent militant messaging before it's posted on their networks. So a lot of times you'll see propaganda going around from either ISIS or other terrorist groups from around the world, and they're using Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or other social um, Uh, Snapchat, a bunch of social networks. Amber Rudd, Home Secretary in the conservative British government led by Prime Minister Theresa May, told an audience at New America, that's a Washington think tank, that there was an online arms race between militants and the forces of law and order. Rudd said government authorities and companies were already working to ensure that militant messaging promoting violence should be removed from the internet within one or two hours of initial posting. Now, they're not necessarily talking about uh, just speech that you don't like, although there's not necessarily free speech in Britain, not like we have it here, but they're talking about uh, specific threats of violence. Go over there and commit this violent act. So it's, not, it's calling for somebody to do mm-hmm. something. Uh, microblogging website Twitter known for its iconic 140-character tweets, said on Tuesday that it would roll out 280-character tweets to users across the world. Now, that update has indeed occurred on Twitter.com. Check your profile. You should be able to do 280 characters. How do you feel about that? Do you you have an opinion? Oh, man. Yes, I do. Because for me, there's a certain art. Yes, in trying to be succinct. That's right. And the so and when I when I tweet, yes. so I have a I'm a, a 
cheater tweeter, right? So I I just made that up. Uh, hashtag cheater tweeter. Bald. A cheater um, tweeter. Yeah. Okay. So, but I, what I do is I'll if I come across the content, maybe a, a, a sermon, a speech, a quote, a YouTube video, I'll embed that in my tweet. Right. Well, that takes up a solid. 60 characters sometimes 50 characters in your in your tweet several so, months ago they took that out of your total did you notice that now the links le- are out of your total really now, i don't know if that's for everyone but that was something they yeah began I, to roll it, out. It, no it take it takes it on because like i just even today yeah well last week i okay. put a put a link to a message i heard oh okay. and i just wanted to put a con- so i didn't have to come up with a creative way in 140 characters to say, ooh, this is the, the most salient point from this this okay. uh, message. So I put the link in there, and I just say, love this message. you know. So it's sure. not as profound. But anyway, it still forces me to think, what is the most important thing I could say about this in a few words yeah, and a few characters? Really, it's not just words, but it's the characters themselves. And I try and get it down to where I have no characters left, um, try not to spend too much time on it. Obviously, you can get inordinate about it, but so to double that, yes, uh, it seems like it's going. It violates, you know, the prime directive of, you know, mini blogging. Like, you know, yeah. so uh, how do you feel about it? Well, it's funny you should ask, since I have a very strong opinion about this. Well, well, Chris, now you and I have known each other a while, and <laughs> you you have a very strong opinion about stuff when you do. Yes. I mean, you really do, right? So right. sometimes you have no opinion about something, but usually you have an opinion. And if it's a very, if you say it's very strong, that means listening audience, it's very strong. So because it's very strong, I really want to hear this. What, what's so, your very strong opinion about in, it? In June, I'll have been on Twitter for ten years. I I love Twitter. It's by far my favorite social wow. network. Wow. The reason why. I am not a fan of Facebook, although I use Facebook every day and have for a bunch of years, mostly for business purposes, mm-hmm. like for the ministries I've yeah. been involved with or businesses. But on Twitter, I follow people that I find their tweets interesting. Yes. On Facebook, I just follow people I know. Mm-hmm. Well, this is, seems like a horrible thing to say, but the people <laughs> I know I, where this is going. The people I know. Most of them are not good publishers. Sure. Do you understand sure. what I'm saying by that? I'm not saying they're not good people. They're not good publishers. Right. So they post things that I don't care about. Not only do I not care about them, sometimes I go so far as to say, I am not looking at this right. under any... This is horrible. Right. So anyway, on Twitter, it's totally different. I don't right. follow people that I know. Yes. I follow people just very that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. So I find it to be a totally different experience. And on top of that, on Twitter, um, you, you see everything in chronological order. So if you tweeted five seconds ago, I see your five seconds ago tweet, which I appreciate. So it's a much better news source. Right. So if something is breaking news, you see it right now on Twitter. Whereas on Facebook, they've got stuff... I, I, we, I I'm told well, you we've I had, had a we've had uh, well we've had so I had a local media expert, someone that has yeah. been a friend of the ministry here a long time, yeah. Who, you know, in a kind way, reminded me after one of the storms that right. when you post something on Facebook, for example, about a storm, right? Someone tags it, it makes it as if you just posted it all over again, and it can send out disinformation, sure. and confusion, and so uh, so it doesn't necessarily equivocate to chronological matter of fact i just saw 
there was someone posted something about Billy Graham's birthday. It was a two-year-old post. Yeah. But because everyone's still, you know, posting the happy birthdays, and it is his birthday. Sure. But the post was actually from 2015. Right. And uh, so, so I don't yeah. like that. Yeah, it's not, That's why not I like chronological. Twitter. And it does, you know, it's, it, yeah, you get so much junk and, and, yeah. and you know, people, uh, what did they have on their hamburgers and, you know, their cat. Uh, but Twitter, you, you can be very selective. And I do like that you can scroll through. Yeah. Quickly, I mean, you you can see out of the the things you're most interested in, you can see by just one little line of text, yep. so that you can really be very selective about what you even want to click on. Whereas in Facebook, it's almost as if it's pre-clicked because there's so much information in that little window. Right. I don't know. It kind of trap. You get kind of sucked into stuff you wouldn't normally, you know, waste time reading. Bottom line is 140 characters. I saw that as a bit of an art form. Right. Yeah. So I would sit there and I would write a tweet. I've done like 6,000 tweets in Mm -hmm. 10 years, which is not very many because I like to just start drafting a tweet, Mm -hmm. think about it a little more, then work on it a little more, look on it a little more. I can work on a tweet for two, three days and then I can finally send it out. Yeah. I got to craft it just the way I want it to be. So I like that aspect to it because it gives you some parameters. So the 280 characters. I haven't really used it yet. I don't. Um, I haven't posted one since I received 280 characters, which was two days ago. So maybe it will have the same impact. I don't know, but I don't feel good about it. Yeah, I don't feel good about it because I liked the way it was. Right. So. More is not better in this case. It's yeah. not progress. Yeah. So it's it now it 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 takes a little bit of the game out of it. Honestly. It does. Yeah. And I, there was some people who were amazing at posting yeah. 140 characters. Yeah. I mean, you could read it and you'd be like, I've got no problem with a single word in there. Right. It's because they right. were so careful to craft it. Well, properly. it's a little bit like haiku, right? They're able to yeah. to draft a complete thought in very few characters. Right. Yeah. I enjoy that too. And I and I'm a neophyte when it comes to using Twitter. When I went to these conferences, I tried to tweet throughout the conference. Yeah. First off, I didn't want to put it on Facebook because I didn't want anyone in the area to know I was there. That was right. number one. I really was there for the conference. Not, I know it sounds awful, but I really didn't want to visit all my old friends from the area. Like sure. I didn't want to get together with a bunch of people. Yeah. I wanted to just focus on being there, and then hopefully, Lord willing, I'll see these people other times. So put it on Facebook. Everyone's like, oh, you're in town. Oh, can we? And so I know yes. it sounds very, I just, I really was there for a very focused purpose. So, But what I did is I tweeted about it. Yeah. And um, I when saw you, those. And, and, and I enjoyed trying to think in real time what is the best 10 words sure. that I just heard from this person that just preached or spoke and put that out there and then give them credit. So if they're on Twitter, tag them. Sure. Well, what I found was the people from the conferences really appreciated it because they were retweeting all my tweets from that because I... Because I was trying to listen for uh, the best quote, put yeah. it out there. And so I really enjoyed it. It became a very interactive process for me. And I was listening at a different level yeah. because I was listening almost like a journalist sure. is what I felt like. And it, I just, I enjoyed that versus, you know, Facebook. I do, I, I like Facebook too, you know, pictures. I get to see my kids and, you know, my yeah. m- my family and friends and stuff, but Twitter is unique, and I hope they don't tinker with it too much because they could really ruin it. Yeah. Um, we don't need another Facebook, that's for sure. No. 
we hardly need Facebook. Yeah, we hardly I mean, need honestly. Facebook as is. But okay, okay. Well, that, well that's it's you know for a very strong opinion, you're very gracious about it. Well, yeah. So basically, thumbs down on the 280 characters. Not a big fan yet. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, that rolled out. Let me going to write 279 characters about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, since we since we uh, not only did we beat that like a not only did we beat a dead horse. Yes. We might be beating the dirt on yes. top of uh, yeah, the horse. Yeah. We yeah. It's that that, that horse is pulverized. Yeah. Uh, 1300, th- I thought this was an interesting story and it's going to transition us into a, a little bit of a story on religious freedom that I want to make a clarification on. And this is a story that came out a few days ago, but I think it has still has some relevance. 1300 liberal Christian Muslim and Jewish leaders have filed a friend of the court brief in the looming case of a Christian baker. I'm sure you've heard about this, sued for refusing to make a cake for a so-called homosexual wedding. The brief states, uh, and this is written by 1,300 liberal um, religious people, the brief states personal religious views are entitled to utmost respect, but do not provide a license to disregard civil rights laws that do not substantially burden actual religious exercise. The case of Colorado Baker Jack Phillips goes before the Supreme Court next month. And the reason I pointed this out is because what you have here, the word liberal before the word Christian, is indicating something about uh, this group that um, would tell you that they don't hold to a historical view that Christianity has held. Uh, um, And especially on the idea of religious liberty. There's a lot of confusion about what religious liberty is. And we used to carry a program on the radio. I don't know if they make it anymore, but it was um, on some of these issues of religious liberty. And um, a lot of people don't know that there are several different kinds of religious liberty. In the United States, we have what's called universal religious liberty. Now, there are a couple of other kinds that I want to describe to you. I'm going on a little bit of an editorial here. Um, There is a religious liberty that will allow a variety of religious views, but require all of those religious views to be practiced in private. And over the last probably 70 years in this country, we've sort of transitioned into a a scenario in which most of the public believes that's the kind of religious liberty that we have. The courts mostly don't. They still rule according to universal religious liberty. There are some exceptions to that, but they usually uh, rule in favor of universal religious liberty. There's another kind of religious liberty that will allow a variety of religious views, but they have to be approved by the state. So that's like all of your rights come from government, which is fundamentally anti-American because our uh, founding documents all say that our rights come from God, not from government. It's why people say that we have a a unique nation in history Mm -hmm. because we say something different than almost every government in the history of the world. So those are... 
two kinds of religious liberty. Universal religious liberty comes out of an idea that, that individuals have soul liberty, right? That's, a, that's a, what we would call a distinctive of Baptist Yes, uh, I just theology. taught this in my uh, foundations class last right. week. Yeah. Well, so what you have there is, is what you're saying to people is you have the right to practice whatever beliefs you, that uh, you would like uh, according to your own conscience. We, uh, the, the state does not have the ability to hinder that. Now, there are obviously boundaries to that that I can't, that I can't violate your rights by practicing my own. There are obvious limits, and they're very well— if you look at previous Supreme Court cases, you'll find that they're very well defined um, uh, what it means to not infringe someone else's religious liberty. So anyway, all that to say, when you go around talking to people about religious liberty and whenever there's a poll conducted about religious liberty, most people believe that we have the kind of religious liberty that says you can believe anything you want as long as you practice it in the privacy of your own church. Most people actually believe that. Yeah. And you'll find believers in Christ actually believe that too. But that is not a biblical view of soul liberty. Right. So, uh, Well, because where you would have no—where would you um, incorporate evangelism into that? Right. Because then the only way to evangelize would be for people to come in the doors of your building, and then you practice— evangelism within your building, but that we're called to go out and tell people about the gospel in our workplaces, in our families, in our gatherings, yeah. in our community, to to total strangers, you know, if if God opens the opportunity. So, yeah, I could see how that would be—I I can see how Europe has gone to that over the years, and it sounds it, like it, that is a very a thoroughly it, European yeah. view of religious uh, tolerance. It's why we have America. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's why we have exactly. America. Exactly, right, right. So, but but the 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 fact that there's a group of people that call themselves Christians, though, that are basically persecuting someone that is exercising his own religious liberty, the application of his beliefs. I mean, that's it's it almost doesn't it it almost sounds incorrect, right? To have that, yeah, yeah. Well, but it, there's deeper implications than just a lack of evangelism, because understand that what you're also saying is. You're saying that um, if, if a person doesn't have soul liberty, you're saying that somehow I have, I have got to, by force or by, uh, by weight of government fiat, convince people to adopt my religion. What you're basically saying is, I am right. Yeah. And the fact that I am right, I would be willing to allow you, because by virtue of my benevolence— to believe something else, right. but that's all it is. It's by virtue of my benevolence. Yeah. So state churches that allow right. for other denominations or religions are just being gracious, right. but they really and I I think Richard Warmbrand uh, in Romania faced this issue, right? Um, and and others. I think Dietrich Bonhoeffer probably faced a similar issue in Germany at the time. Basically, uh, soul liberty yeah. as a pastor as a religious leader trying to 
uh, teach people and preach that, hey, your allegiance is not to the state-run church. Your allegiance is to Christ. You're part of the body of Christ. So, yeah, very, wow. It's it's one of those conversations you wouldn't think you'd have to have in the United States, honestly. Yeah, it's we we are in a position now where people no longer understand the very clearly laid out principles of our founding and the the um the founding fathers by the way were extremely extraordinarily clear on this this there is no ambiguity whatsoever on our universal religious liberty because they faced in the countries that they came from a lack of universal religious liberty and they made it clear that's what we had to have here. So there's a long, I, I, I printed out an article about this. We probably don't have time to go through it, but maybe we will sometime uh, on the, the history of universal religious liberty. But you should know also that the courts typically rule in favor of universal religious liberty, even today, um, but the average American does not understand. Even the Americans sitting liberty. in the pew, they, they probably... Yeah believe that that's where the boundaries are right Right. all right chris well thanks that has a direct correlation to religious broadcasting as well sure and so uh maybe that'll be a good topic for next week we'll talk a little more about that so thanks a lot chris hope you have a great weekend and enjoy the veterans day weekend maybe get some veteran related pictures for your project this weekend i should try that'd be awesome there's i i I have to imagine veterans cemetery is going to have something special this weekend so yeah all right well and listeners stick around we're going to have a little break here when we come back a little more live till five want to talk about veterans and take one final short break and wrap it up with some historicity of jesus christ stick around you're listening to live till five here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam, episode 239 of Live Till 5, 4.46 p.m. on Friday, November 10th. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Stick around more Live Till 5 after this short break. We're back with a little more live till 5, 4.48 p.m. on this Friday afternoon, celebrating Veterans Day Observed. Some stats on veterans in the U.S. by gender. This goes back to the year 2016. There are almost 17 million male veterans in the United States and about 1.6 million female veterans in the United States right now, or in 2016. The number of veterans by period of military service, the Vietnam and Korea era and uh, World War II era are the majority, 6.1 million of those vets. Gulf War to Vietnam era, 2.5 million. Gulf War, 1990 to 2001, uh, uh, with no Vietnam era, there's 2 million. Gulf War or later, 2 million. Between the Vietnam era and Korea War, 1.5 million. And it kind of goes down from there. The states we already mentioned, California has the most vets, 1.6 million, Texas, 1.46 million, and Florida, 1.4 million. I think, you know, that correlates to population, but also correlates to probably how many veterans, medical facilities, and things like that, military bases are there. Number of veterans living in the U.S. 
by the year 2040 will probably be only about 15 million, whereas right now it's almost 23 million. Number of veterans in the United States 2016 by service-connected disability. 14.5 million have no service-connected disability, and 225,000 have no rating uh, or not yet rated. 70% disabled, 1.2 million. 50% or greater, 500,000. 30 to 40 percent, 671,000. 1.1 million, 10 to 20 percent disabled, and 0 percent disabled, 188,000. Some information about homelessness and veterans. 123,000 veterans and their family members were permanently housed or prevented from becoming homeless in the year 2016. 17 percent decline in the estimated number of homeless veterans in 2016. There were fewer than 40,000 veterans experiencing homelessness on a single night in 2016. That's a point in time uh, uh, count. So on any given night, there were less than 40,000. But that's still a lot. Think about that. 40,000 people homeless that are veterans. 21 communities in the entire state of Delaware and Connecticut successfully ended veteran homelessness through collaboration with the VA and its partners. More than 16,500 homeless veterans exited the grant and per diem program into permanent housing in the year 2016. Average length of stay in the GPD grant and per diem program was 179 days, so a little over six months. And basically, the Veterans Administration has all kinds of programs for veterans. So if you know a veteran that's struggling, the first call you should make should be to the VA because a lot of times they have not only medical and psychological problems, uh, uh, programs, but they also have programs to help veterans get back on their feet, find housing, things like that. Do you know we've had a number of presidents that are veterans? I think I'm going to hold on to the presidents that are veterans. Also, the um, I wanted to read a little bit about POWs and MIAs, but I want to give it the appropriate amount of time. So I'm going to hold on to these for a future show. But I do want to take just one more short break. And when I come back, because I really want you to hear this lamplighter moment today. So we're going to take just a very short break. And then when we come back, we're going to wrap up the show with the historicity of Jesus Christ. So stick around a little more live till five after this short break. Walk with me, Lord. God, walk with me. Walk with me, Lord, God, walk with me. While I'm on this old tedious journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. And we're back with the last few minutes of Live Till 5. Thanks for tuning in. Again, go to khmg.org and you can listen to the podcast. If you missed part of the show, you can also tune in from noon to 2 on Saturday or 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday night. Catch us on The Rebound. I want to share just a little bit about the case for the historicity and deity of Jesus Christ. As we go into the holiday season, you might be walking through the mall hearing someone singing about, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, God is with us. But you might not have enough technical knowledge about how to defend the historicity and deity of Jesus Christ. And, you know, apologetics is not for the super smart, 
college trained. Apologetics is just us defending our faith with what God has given us. And so let me direct you to a resource. You can go to the website, Cold Case Christianity, okay? Cold Case Christianity. Um, J. Warner Wallace, who actually is very good on Twitter as well. Daily, excellent, excellent links from not only from his ministry, but other people that are really good with things about creationism, about the history of Jesus Christ, about, you know, just apologetics in general. It's at a forensic level. He is a forensic crime scene investigator, so the, the way he puts things together is very good. And this free Bible insert you can download from uh, from Cold Case Christianity is excellent, just as a quick heads up on it. The case for the historicity and deity of Jesus Christ, uh, here are a couple points, and he has scripture and he has historical uh, cross-references for each one of his points, which I really appreciate. He's done a lot of writing, and he has consolidated a lot of other scholars as well. But ancient non-Christian historians agree that Jesus lived. Ancient Jewish historians agree that Jesus lived. And he has listed who these people are, what year they lived, and articles that you can link to. Jesus claimed to be God. He, he goes through all the different uh, instances in the New Testament where Jesus claimed to be God. Jesus demonstrated that he had the nature of God. Jesus was worshipped as God by those who knew him. And Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament messianic promises and prophecies. I'd encourage you to go to Cold Case Christianity and look this up. I mean, I was only able to just skim over the top of it. But I think you would find great value. And as we go into the Christmas season, you know, you might find as you talk to people in your family, in your work, in the community, that they might celebrate Christmas. They might come with you even to a Christmas program, and it could be the perfect gateway, the perfect opportunity to to walk through the truth about Jesus Christ. Now, just proving Jesus' historicity is not enough. It's whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, but this could be a great first step to opening the door to talk about Jesus Christ. Cold Case Christianity, it is really good. His book is excellent, by the way, audiobook. I have it, and it's really very interesting. It's got scholarly articles. It's got, it's got practical applications. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's very biblical. So, And that's it for Live Till 5 today, episode 239 on this Friday, November 10th. Happy Veterans Day and also Orphan Awareness Month. And we're going to have our Orphan Sunday this Sunday at Harvest Baptist Church. Don't forget Veterans free drink certificate if you're at Harvest Baptist Church this Sunday morning, and active duty military and families free lunch Sunday at Harvest Baptist Church. You're listening to Live Till 5 here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host, Friday, November 10th. Have a great weekend.